0: welcome to this episode of veronica's real estate tips today i'll be talking about how to evaluate investment properties and i'll be covering the basics And this is about residential income properties like multi-family buildings, duplexes, triplexes, quadruplexes, basically up to five units. So I'm not talking about massive warehouses or commercial offices. To value those kinds of properties, you might want to take some classes on the waterfall method of evaluation, where you can learn, you know, the Excel formulas and structures to properly evaluate those larger buildings. One of the most important factors in evaluating income property is the location. You want to buy property where property values are expected to go up because eventually you might want to sell that building or pass it down to your relatives, so you want to make sure that the property value keeps going up so you can eventually make money off a sale if you want to. Also. When the property values go up, you can also charge more rent and obviously, you know, costs keep getting bigger every year and it costs more to maintain your building and you want to make sure that you have more rental income every year as well. With that said, pay close attention to your area's rent control laws, because some cities have very tough laws. San Francisco has very complex rent control laws, so you need to work with a tenant landlord attorney who will help you figure out how much rent you can charge each year, whether you can increase rent, because there is such a thing in San Francisco of uh, rent controlled buildings, you know, people who've been living in the building since the 70s and are only paying hundreds of dollars of rent every month, and there's nothing you can do about these types of tenants unless they die so pay close attention to that when you're evaluating an investment opportunity make sure that there's no rent control tenants if you're trying to avoid it. Other than the property's location, the second most important thing to evaluating investment properties, and this is of course just the basics, is the capitalization rate or the cap rate. Investors consider a cap rate of at least 5% or more, ideally 6%, but that's super rare in cities such as San Francisco where there are a lot of rent controlled buildings and the cost to maintain buildings are very high. So in San Francisco, people look for 5%, that's the standard, but outside of San Francisco, People may look for a higher cap rate. The cap rate is defined as the ratio of a property's net income to its purchase price. It's an essential number for gauging a property's rental income potential. And notice how I mentioned net income. So net income is taking your gross rental income and subtracting all the expenses, such as property tax, insurance, anything that the renters don't pay for. Like I know some landlords still pay for their renters' water and energy bill or trash. So factor all of that out of your gross income. Income and then divided by the purchase price. When you're looking at documentation and materials of investment properties, Make sure to make your purchase decision based on the actual cap rate, not the potential cap rate, because a lot of sellers try to entice you to buy that property by saying, "Oh, you could potentially get a cap rate of five and a half percent. oh, you could do that if you do some repairs and raise the rent, but that's very tricky because in some cities like you know the aforementioned San Francisco it's really hard to increase the rent you know there are a lot of regulations, so don't listen to that. you know look at the property's actual cap operate and make your purchase decision based on what it's actually earning, not what it could earn, because that's the whole what if scenario that might not pan out. Another thing you want to consider is the opportunity cost of having a fully occupied building versus a building with some vacant units. If you have a vacant unit, you can do a couple of things. First, you can actually move into it and get a more favorable mortgage rate as an owner-occupant than you would as a traditional investor. Second, you can find new renters for that unit and charge them a higher rent than the unit was getting previously. On the other hand, buying a fully occupied building could also be beneficial, talk to the current landlord, a.k.a. the seller, about the tenants. Ask him, have they all been paying their rent on time? Have they reacted favorably to lawful rent increases, or have they been contesting them? Because if you find out all the tenants are, you know, good guys who have been uh, taking good care of their units, paying on time, reacting well to the lawful rent increases, then, you know, there's no problem buying a fully occupied building. I know I said this is just the basics of investing in real estate, but I want to include a pro tip about unlawful ADUs and illegal units. I think everyone should know that if you have an illegal unit in California and you rent it out, you cannot kick out the tenants if they're not paying their rent, no matter what. The law can't help you if you rent out an illegal unit, so don't do it. The best thing to do if you bought a building with an illegal unit is to legalize it, which could cost upwards of $100,000 because you would have to increase the ceiling height, add smoke detectors and proper ventilation, among other retrofits. If you have the money, legalize it because that's the only way you'll be able to have all of the legal rights as a landlord. The other thing you could do with an illegal unit is not to rent it out and just keep it as a game room for your family or as an informal guest space when your friends can stay for free. Recently, I saw a building for sale with an illegal unit and a tenant living in it and I thought to myself, it will never sell until that tenant leaves unless the buyer is a complete novice and doesn't have a real estate agent who knows their stuff. I pray that whoever buys that building knows what they're getting into. I hope you enjoyed this little introduction of how to evaluate investment properties. Stay tuned for the next episode, which will be about the pros and cons of living in a community that's part of a homeowners association or HOA. Thank you for supporting Veronica's real estate tips.